Well, if you have your Bibles, we're in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be picking up where we left off the, the week before um, uh, last uh, Wednesday. And uh, Brother Addison, of course, uh, preached uh, for us last Wednesday. And I want you to be praying for him and encouraging him. He's going to be uh, in school. He's not going to move away for that. He's going online, but he's going to be pursuing his degree from Southwestern Seminary. And so continue praying for Addison, and he's doing a good job up there with our uh, teenagers, and uh, God has placed a calling upon him. And so uh, we need to uh, do everything we can to encourage him. So uh, if you have found First Peter chapter 1, uh, last time we met, we talked about uh, three things uh, to be focused on. We just got through one of those. We're going to finish the other two tonight. And the first thing that we saw is we're uh, working through, and of course, uh, the letter that uh, Peter has written is to people that have been persecuted. People that are going, have lost everything because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so now uh, he's saying, now here's how you can work through this. Now, the principles involved here are principles that you can apply your, to your life as you're, you're, you're walking uh, the, your, your faith walk, as you're, as you're living uh, for the Lord Jesus. Uh, three things that, that we have to uh, be mindful of, that we must be focused upon what we're allowing to come into our heads. we got to be focused on what's coming in here. Because what comes here eventually will get down here, and what's down here will eventually get its way out. Okay? So we got to focus. we got to get our minds right. And are we not living in a day and time where we are bombarded with all kinds of information? I mean, uh, with the social media and, and all that other, uh, we, we're just constantly bombarded with information, it seems like. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes it feels like your head's fixing to spin off, uh, you know, and, and uh, you just get so much coming at you. And by the way, our, our children especially are getting bombarded on a regular basis with all kinds of ungodly stuff. I mean, we're having uh, now uh, to make sure that we have the, uh, uh, the, the parental guards in our television remotes. And uh, many of us uh, watch and we have ways to see who our child is texting with. And, and while we're on this subject, it has nothing to do, not in our notes, but while we're talking about this, I hope that you are paying attention to what your kids are getting involved in. Uh, hey, it's okay. It is okay to go ahead and, and, and check their text messages. It's okay to find out who they're hanging with. It's okay to mess in their business, okay? It's okay for you to do that because if you're not doing it, Satan surely will do it. And, and so oh, we, we got to get our minds right. We are so distracted now. 
Many of you, you come in on a Wednesday night and you've worked all uh, day and you barely got here on time and, uh, you know, you, you had all kinds of issues at work and uh, you got that on your mind and then your kids came in and uh, unloaded on you about some things they were needing and it was something that they knew about two weeks ago but they need it tomorrow and so many of you are going to have to run to Walmart and get something for something that they would already been taken care of and so you got that on your mind and then you got all kinds of other things you got the weekend coming up and I mean do you understand why we got to be focused on what we're putting up here because what we're putting up here is going to dictate how we live and so uh, here Peter now comes and we're in verse number 14 he now comes to the second thing that we need to focus on and we need to focus upon obedience Listen to what it says. It says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former. Now underline that. Former lust. He's talking to believers here. So he says uh, that you're obedient children according to the, uh, not according to the former lust in your ignorance. So what is he talking about? First of all, we need uh, that phrase uh, uh, talking about about being obedient children. It literally translates children of obedience. But notice in that that one verse, he gives a contrast. He says that we should be children of obedience because we're no longer children of lust. Okay? Now, understand... Before we got saved, we were children of lust. What was dictating us was this flesh. The lust of our flesh was governing how we lived our lives. But he says, that's been put behind you. Once you got saved, you now have become, or you should be coming, a child of obedience. Many of us who've had children and grandchildren, we know that one of the hardest areas that we have to work in is uh, teaching our children how to obey. And, and the reason why it's so difficult is because many of us wrestle with the same thing. Now, I know it got quiet in here. We have a hard time obeying. Now, notice here, we're just not talking about being obedient to the Word of God. Because if you're being obedient to the Word of God, then obedience in other parts of your life should be easy. But the reason why we struggle is, first and foremost, we're not obedient to the things of God. And because of that, we're not obedient to the things uh, that we have to deal with on a daily basis. The basic, one of the basic traits, this is what Peter is trying to tell them. One of the basic traits of being saved is that you're obedient. And when people look at your life, they're seeing obedience in action. And when I'm talking about obedience, I'm talking about obeying traffic laws. Now I know I've done gone to meddling. Just by that reaction... Some of you blew through a four-way this day. Some of you, you were praying the whole time 
that you hope they're not sitting radar up because you've already exceeded the speed limit. Now, Brother Mike, you're being kind of silly about this. No, I'm not being silly about it. And what I'm saying is that when we come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we want to obey His commandments. We want to obey His laws. And if we're not obeying His laws and His commandments, we're not going to obey the other laws and the other commandments that have been given to us. That's the reason why we have such a hard time. We don't like being obedient. We don't. We want to do what we want to do. We want to do it, and we'll go ahead and justify it. Now, I'm going to go ahead. I'm already in trouble with Rebecca, but I'm going to go ahead and throw her under the bus again tonight. She is my chauffeur. I'm on her constantly. Many of you have even made comment to her about she ought to be in NASCAR. And she should. I believe she could win a few races. I mean, she, uh, she, she comes up too close. She's going she's gonna to hate me through this. She comes up too close. And then if, you're, if, you're, if the speed limit says 40 and you're doing 39, oh, wow, oh. She'll whip that thing around and she'll whip it back and in. She says, why can't they drive the speed limit? I said, Rebecca. And we have four ways in our neighborhood. Every once in a while, uh, uh, the city will kind of watch and make sure you come into a stop. Now, understand, some of you need to learn this as well. When you see that red sign that says stop, it means a complete stop. (laughs) Not a rolling stop like many of you do. Why do we have such a hard time with that? Because we have problems with obedience. All through the Word of God, it talks about His commandments, and it talks about how we need to be obedient. And in and, and John chapter 14, verse number 23, this is what Jesus says, Jesus' Word. He says, now if you love me, you're going to keep my Word. And if you keep my Word, I will abide in you. Notice it says a number of things. First of all, it talks about Love. See, when we are obedient, it's be- not because if we're, we're disobedient, we're going to get smacked around. You, you teach your children, do you not, to be obedient. And now I understand that many of you use uh, uh, corporate punishment and, and all of that. But that's not the way that you would want your child to obey. They're not, you don't want them obeying just because they're not going to get a, a, a pat on the backside or anything. They, they, you, what you want to teach your children is that they're obeying just because they love you. Is it not the same way with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Uh, you show me how much you love Him and it will show on how you obey. You're just obeying. I'm just obeying because I love Jesus. I, I want to obey Him, not because I have to and, and not because I'm forced to, but that I'm obeying Him because I love Him and I love Him because what He did for me. When I was disobedient, He still died for my sins. And so, uh, in John 15, verse 10 and verse 14, it says that if you keep my commandments, uh, my love will abide in you. 
Then it goes on in verse 14 it says, uh, calls us friends. He, he says, you're my friends because you keep my commandments. We can go on and on and we could uh, just bring a, a long list of, uh, of Scripture that talks about commandments and it talks about uh, we're keeping His commandments just because we love Jesus. And he says, we need to focus on obedience. We need to be obedient to those who have authority over us. Now, I'm just going to be the first to admit, I have problems with that sometimes. And when I'm talking at the national level, or the local area, or even in the church setting, some of us have problems with obedience. I'm just being honest with you tonight. I don't know how they got the position. And I really don't care too much about how he does things. You still, according to the word of God, you need to be obedient to the authority that's over you. Because if you've got problems down here, you're going to have problems with his authority in your life. Do, do I have a witness in the house tonight? And I know you come on a Wednesday night and you're thinking, hey, what, what happened to that loved one and uh, all that kind of sermons that you've been doing? Hey, I'm just telling you, this is the Word of God. And the Word of God, yes, it teaches love one another, but it also teaches that we ought to be obedient. And what problem that we have is because we're rebels. He says, be obedient and don't be, uh, don't be fashioned with your former, former lust. Now, we've talked about this quite some time, is that that old nature keeps raising its ugly head. We understand it's a constant struggle, is it not? Between the flesh and the spirit. We understand all of that. But here, our flesh wants to rise up because our flesh says, I don't want to beat to anybody's drum. I want to do my own thing. But even when we were lost, and even when we did not know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we still were under authority. Satan had authority over you. Don't, don't go. We got to be careful going around and says, well, I just did what I wanted to. No, you didn't. Satan and your messed up flesh dictated how you was going to live your life. You're going to be under some type of authority. Now, you, you have to choose. Is, is it uh, Satan and his demonic forces? Or is it the Lord Jesus Christ? And so, he says that we are to be children of obedience. But then we see the second. And that's found in verse number 15. We see he talks about uh, holiness. Notice in verse number 15, listen what it reads. It says, But as he which hath called you, he has called you, he has called you, what? That is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. The second thing, and of course it's the third thing that we need to be focused on, we need to be focused on holiness. 
don't hear a whole lot preached in this day and time about holiness. We see that that word is a very interesting word. The word holy, the word saint, and the word sanctified or sanctification all comes from the same word. In the Greek, it's uh, hegos. Uh, in the Hebrew, it's uh, kadosh. And, 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 and in all three of those words, it means the same thing. It means to be set apart. When you're talking about holiness, you're talking about being set apart. First of all, we see in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 8. In Revelation chapter 4, verse number 8, it talks about the four beasts. And you'll notice the four beasts are there at the throne. uh, The glory of the Lord is round about them. And the Bible says that they cried out, Holy, Holy, Holy. Now here uh, we see their significance why holy is mentioned three times. He's talking about the Godhead. He's talking about holy is God the Father. Holy is the Son of God. And holy is the Spirit. And so here he talks about that we should be focused on holiness. But when we are focused on holiness, we have to understand in Mark chapter uh, number 1, verse number 24, when the Lord Jesus was born, the angel came to Mary and said, the child that you're carrying, paraphrasing here, he is the holy one. Jesus is holy. We are to be followers of the holy one. But we also notice... In the Scriptures, it talks about when the demons came in uh, connection or contact uh, with uh, Jesus, they recognized His holiness. Even the demons understand He's holy. Now, they don't bow down to Him and they don't worship Him, but they recognize His holiness. I started thinking about this and I thought, you know, uh, we see it uh, unfold in life. One of the, uh, the, the false religions that are out there, what they're trying to do is strip away the holiness of Jesus. That's what they're trying to do. Also notice uh, that when you are hammering or you're doing something and uh, you hit the wrong nail... I've never heard anybody that, you know, something happened to them where they say, Muhammad. Have you? I never heard someone uh, when they uh, stump their toe and they're walking around and they're going, Oh, Buddha. Oh, Buddha. <laughs> they don't do that, do they? Why? Because they are not recognizing Uh, And then they are recognizing Jesus, but they're not recognizing for His holiness. They're using His holy name to curse. This is exactly what you're doing. Now, when you use the name of Jesus out of context, you're trying to take His holiness away. When you stump your toe... And I'm using this for illustration. You say, Jesus, you have blasphemed the holy name of Jesus. You're not calling on Jesus 
You're cursing. That's exactly what you're doing. You are cursing. Now, I know this, here again, I know it's a Wednesday night crowd, but listen, I'm telling you, we need to get convicted about His holiness. We've lost sight that we serve a holy God. And we come in flippantly, we come in nonchalantly, And I'm not saying that we are not to be expressive in our worship. I'm not going there. Understand what I'm saying here. But we come in with everything else on our minds. Got to make a church. Got to get to church. I've seen some of you drive in the parking lot. Your kids are hanging out the window. You're changing diapers. You're putting their clothes on. You're putting some of your clothes on. You're coming in on two wheels. You're running in here and you're already 10 minutes late for Sunday school. And you'll come in, you'll sit down in your Sunday school class and you're thinking, oh God, oh Lord, I don't know how we made it today. And the whole time you're thinking about what a burden it was and what, uh, and what a difficulty it was to get to the house of God. And then you come into the sanctuary and you're already out of breath. You didn't even pay attention to the Sunday school lesson. And then you plop down and then you say, okay, see what we got today. We've lost sight of the holiness of God. And one of the things, and you can say all you want to, and I, uh, but uh, uh, going to an Orthodox service helped me to realize, and I understand they're, 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 not, they're not doing it right. I understand all of that. But one thing I, uh, I came away from is they recognize the holiness of God. We've lost sight of that. We're now more concerned about the different color of lights that we can use. We're more concerned about what kind of entertainment we're going to have for that service that day. And we forgot that we've come into a holy place worshiping the holy God. And, and so he goes, and, and not only the demons, but also remember Moses when he stood before the bush? God spoke to him and God says, Hey Moses, you're on holy ground. May I remind you tonight, we're on holy ground. Now the carpet is not holy. The pews that you're sitting in are not holy. The brick and, and the drywall, that's not holy. That's not what we're talking about. But this building and these grounds have been set aside to worship and exalt and bring glory to a holy God. We're on holy ground tonight. And, and, but then we also see at the Mount of Transfiguration, eh, they had a holy encounter there on that mountaintop. See, every time uh, you made some type of connection, you see it in the Scriptures, every time there was a connection uh, uh, being made uh, towards God, it was always holy. The temple... The temple was the holy temple. Why? Because there in the holy of holies, which is right outside of the holy place, they believed that the very presence of a holy God was there. They viewed the temple as a holy temple. But we also see when he's talking about Israel, 
He called Israel a holy nation. We still use that term. When we get a trip going to Israel, we call it, we're going to the holy land. Now, also remind you that that word holy is again used not in the way that it should be used because Muslims also call Jerusalem and the Temple Mount a holy place. But they're not calling it holy because of our Lord. They're calling it holy because they believe that's where Muhammad ascended. Matter of fact, just thinking about that is a mockery. There's only one. I said there's only one that was able to defeat death, hell, and the grave. And he rose on the third day. And the Bible says he ascended and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. There's only one qualified to do that. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's holy. We use that term holy kind of flippantly, don't we? Some people have even referred to me a, a holy man. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just saying that's what some people said. They think a holy man is someone that goes and hides out in a cave, wears a robe, doesn't have any contact with anybody. We've got to be careful how we use this term holy. Holiness is only reserved for things and people that are holy. And so we can go on and on. But in 1 Peter, look at chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 and 9. The Bible tells us there that we are of a holy priesthood. Now understand the context here. He's going back and referring back to the Old Testament. He's referring back to the high priest. Remember, the high priest was the only one that was allowed into the Holy of Holies. And he could only go once a year. But because of what Jesus Christ did for us, the, now when you became a believer and a follower of Jesus, you became a part of a holy priesthood. See, we no longer go through a priest. We no longer go through a preacher to get to God. You can do that because what Jesus did. And so now we are a holy priesthood. But notice in verse number 9 here in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that referring to the church here, he says that we are a holy nation. It's been referred to that we are holy ones. Now, I know many of you say, well, you know, and I understand that. But the reason why we can call ourselves a holy nation, now I'm not talking about the United States. I'm talking about the family here. The reason why we can refer to ourselves as holy ones is because the holy one lives in us. Are you catching this? You're holy because, not because on your merits, you're holy because the Holy One lives in you. And the reason why we know the Holy One lives in us is because Jesus says that if uh, you abide in me, I'll abide in you. 
And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Folks, we need to understand tonight that we are holy. And when the Lord Jesus, when we stand before him, he's going to look at us and he's going to say, you're holy, you're blameless. And the reason why he's going to be able to say that is because our sins have been covered by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And he looks through the blood and when he looks through the blood, he sees us as holy. Now, you might not act it, but we're still holy. Having said all of this, don't you think it would be wise of us to really start taking this a little bit more serious? Because, remember... We are focused on the mind, what's coming into our mind. We're holding every thought captive, right? And so when we get our mind right, it filters down to our heart. And what's in our heart will be shown outwardly. They shouldn't have to guess who we are. They shouldn't guess who we are. Remember going back to the word. The word holy means to be set apart. Now I'm not saying that we just isolate ourselves. What I'm saying is there should be a clear distinction. There should be a clear distinction between those of us who've trusted in Jesus Christ. We call ourselves Christian. They shouldn't have to guess what side of the fence we're on. We have been set apart, what? We've been set apart from the ungodly things. Here in the text that we read, we're set apart from our former lust. We we have been set apart from the places that we used to go to. We've been set apart from the way we used to talk. We've been set apart by by, by what what our priorities are and, and what really motivates us. See, we've been set apart from that. But what has happened is that we wanted to identify so much with a lost world that we thought the best way is just to blend in. No wonder lost people are confused. Now, they can go ahead and they can call you all you want to and they'll make fun of you, but I'm telling you, they want to see something that's going to change their life. And the problem is, they haven't seen too much of that. Oh, they've heard a whole lot about it, but they haven't seen it. I'm not here to fuss tonight. I'm not here to beat you up on a Wednesday night. But I'm here to encourage us that we need to get our minds right, we need to be obedient, and we need to be holy. The Scripture says, Be ye holy as I am holy. Leviticus chapter 20, verse number 26. He was taken... I started thinking about this, and I, I couldn't help but think about... It's been three times now, but that first trip I went to Israel... When we landed and we got off that air, 
airplane went into the terminal there, I just felt something. I just kind of got a little overwhelmed by it. And then as we were going and we were going to the places that our Lord Jesus had walked, I just had something come over me. I said, Brother Mike, we don't, we don't base things on feelings. I understand that. But then I started thinking, wait a minute. God chose this little plot of ground. He said this will be a holy nation. And I was walking on places where the Holy One had walked before. I said, well, yeah, I understand that. My dear friend, we should have that same attitude and that same feeling when we walk in His house because He's walked up and down these aisles. He's walked in between these pews. How do we know that? Because many people have come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And when someone gets under conviction, that means the Holy One is present. That's the reason why we need to get our minds right. I pray every time we, we leave class, I always pray, Lord, help us to go into corporate worship with the right mind and the right attitudes. I want a lost person, when they come in here, they feel something different. I, I want them to say, oh, I mean, that, that music was wonderful, and we yeah. do have wonderful music. Yeah. I want, I'm not, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I want, I want them to say, man, yeah, that was a good sermon like that. But here's what, my, what our goal, every one of us, I want them to not say, oh, what a sermon, oh, what singing. I want them to be able to say, oh, what a Savior. <laughs> because He's present in this place. Why? Because the holy ones have gotten their minds right. The holy ones have been become obedient. And the holy ones recognized the seriousness of being set apart.